Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Welcome into the 11 o'clock hour of Indiana Sports Talk. Can't wait to hear the rest of the interviews that Coach has lined up. I'm Nathaniel Finch here for Network Indiana Sports with your five-minute scoreboard update. Let's start with these Indianapolis Colts that we just talked about. Winners 24-17. to They had to come from behind 17 fourth-quarter points to beat the Bears at home. Here's a couple touchdowns that led to this score from Matt Taylor in the Colts Radio Network. Gain of 42. Ellinger backs the throw again. Trotting in the backfield. Now he's going to take off and run. He's at the five. Got it! Touchdown! Sam Ellinger! That one brought him within striking distance. This one put him over the top. In those games, he had 17 carries for 87 yards on an average over five yards. They give it to Jake Funk, and he cruises into the end zone from four yards away. Touchdown, Colts! And they're right back on top. Six more on the board, and the Colts lead again. It's 19 to 17. We got that funk. Gotta have that funk, Matt. Touchdown, Jake Funk. The Colts are in the lead. Pretty exciting stuff there for the Colts. Now, as far as baseball goes, the Cubs get the big win at home. Justin Steele now tied with the MLB League and wins. He's got 14 of them over the entire league. Cody Bellinger, four RBIs out of the six runs the Colts scored. 2-2, hit in the air, left field, Taylor back. 2-2, hit in the air, left field, Taylor back, back some more, out of here! A belly bomb into the bleachers, and it is 2-0 Cubs! Bellinger in the air, left center field, he's done it again! Another belly bomb! Second of the day, and it's 4-1. 6-4, that final. Now, the Reds were not as lucky. They were at home like the Cubs, where they lose 4-3 to to the Blue Jays. But I'll tell you what, this Ellie De La Cruz guy, he is something. Here's his little league home run. There is no one at third base. Well hit. Deep right center. Off the base of the wall. McLean shoots through second. De La Cruz up to second. Furious win to Lazard. Speaking of Little League, how about the Little League Classic tomorrow? The Phillies taking on the Nationals at Williamsport, 7 o'clock. That call will be on our sister station, 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. The game today between those two teams, was this something? Through six innings, the Nationals were winning. That score was 3 nothing, And then all of a sudden... How about this? 12 straight unanswered runs for the Phillies, part of which was because of a Nick Castellanos deep drive to right field. And Trey Turner, two home runs in the eighth inning. Just the third Philly player ever for a two-home run inning. They win 12-3. Should be a fun game tomorrow night. Looking at some other scores from around the area. The Tigers beat the Guardians. Manny Ramirez inducted into the Team Hall of Fame today in Cleveland. That score, 4-3. Detroit getting the win. The Mets win 13-2. They blow out the Cardinals in St. Louis. As far as some other scores that we have for you here, the White Sox game, that's in the bottom of the eighth. 
The Rockies just scored, so it's 11-5 to now to end the eighth. They're in the top of the ninth, heading towards that final inning. Looking at some other scores that we have here. Red Sox 8-1. to They beat the Yankees. Dodgers three run over the Marlins in Game 1. The D-backs win 6-4 to over the Padres. Game 1 of their doubleheader. Brewers win 6-1 over the Rangers. The Angels 7-6 over the Rays in Game 1 of the doubleheader. Pirates 7-4 over Twins. Mariners beat the Astros 10-3 in Houston. The Braves with an 8th run go-ahead bomb from Eddie Rosario. 6-5 winners over the Giants. And then as far as some minor league scores, the Indians defeat St. Paul 5-4. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Nathaniel Finch. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Minor League Baseball tonight, Indians win 5-4. The man himself, the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Indianapolis Indians, Howard Kelman, joins me. Howard, good solid win tonight, 5-4 over St. Paul. This is a great win. Oh, it really was, Bob. The Indians got a two-run homer from Domingo Leyva early for a 2-0 lead. They got four scoreless innings from starter Quinn Priester. And then a home run for St. Paul made it a two-to-one game. It was two-to-one after seven. Both Sulcer with three innings of one-run ball. And the Indians then got three more runs in the eighth. Brian Vallade belting a two-run homer. They had a five-to-one lead. Will Crow gave up a three-run double in the bottom of the eighth but got the final out. And then Hunter Stratton, who's been pitching great out of the bullpen, did an excellent job, had a one 2 3 ninth. So the Indians really, with that one exception, got terrific pitching, and they got power to a couple of two-run homers, a terrific night. I think you always feel great, too, about winning a one-run game, you know, winning a close one, the classic finding ways to win, which they were able to do. And as you mentioned, they hit the ball pretty well tonight with 11 hits. Um, so 11 hits, you don't make any turnovers, you don't make uh, you don't make mistakes, and you win a one-run game. That's an important night. It is. You make a great point about winning run-run one-run games because it gives the team a good feeling. When you have a one-sided sure. game, when you have a one-sided game, whether you win or you lose, you just say it's one of those nights. And if you're losing one-run games, by the same token, that really hurts. What could we have done? So when you win the close ones, you feel real good about yourself. Absolutely. All right, What's uh, when do you come back home? Team will be home on Tuesday. Roanze Contreras is the Indians' pitcher tomorrow. And final game of the six-game series, Tuesday, 7.05, the Indians and the Iowa Cubs. It's a good-looking Iowa ball club, and we have three home stands left, and that will be the first of those three beginning Tuesday. Howard Kelman in the Hall of Fame for uh, Broadcasters Hall of Fame for a reason. He's really, really good. The legendary, longtime voice of the Indianapolis Indians on the Indians' 5-4 win over St. Paul. When you're at the ballpark next week in these homestands that are left, stop by the gift store and buy Howard's book, 61 Humorous and Inspiring Lessons I Learned from Baseball. I recommend it. I've read it a couple of times. Howard, thank you. Have a great day or a great night and good weekend, and we'll talk to you next, next week. Bob, as always, thank you very much. Thanks very much.
Now, this is bad radio, but I'm communicating with my uh, my studio. Do we have Brendan King with us? Brendan's not with us quite yet. All right. We will we'll effort to, to catch up with him. All right. So um, <laughs> coming up, we're going to continue to talk about some football. Uh, Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network will join us a little bit later as we uh, recap the first week of high school football last night. It was it was great. Uh, not going to lie to you. It was a fun, fun night from – uh, our perspective here on the show, I'm glad you got a chance to listen. Um, Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest will join me and we'll get his perspective on week number one. So we're off and running. What a perfect night to play. That's that's for sure. Um, so we, we will still continue to talk some ball. Nathaniel Finch. Um, so we have the Colts with a win, and you mentioned they play Philadelphia Thursday, correct? Yeah, that's right. Thursday night, 8 o'clock. All right. So do we have practices with Philadelphia, too? Do we have joint practices? Uh, is that part of this trip? I would assume it is because I know it's kind of a longer trip. They're leaving earlier, but I don't know that for sure. All right. And so uh, the countdown is on. Uh, it's It's not long before – they open up. That is literally, uh, no, it's not right around the corner, but it's the 10th of September. That's not that far away. So go out on a limb and tell me how many you think they're winning with this group. It's going to be it's going to be tough. You know, a lot of people kind of predicting that, you know, right. maybe a rougher season. Anthony Richardson could, is going to have some growing pains. We know that. But you know, I got some confidence in Steichen in this squad. I'd say that they can, uh, if, they, if they put up eight wins, it'll be a successful year. There you go. You heard it here first. Our guy. <laughs> All right. Way to go, Nathaniel Finch. He's coming up with another scoreboard update soon. At the top of the, excuse me, not top of the hour. Coming up in a couple of minutes. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. Here is your scoreboard update. We're going to start with some soccer. Last time I told you the score of the Indy 11 game, they're in El Paso. It was 1-0 at halftime. A lot of scoring here in the second half. It was Sebastian Guinzotti who tied it up in the 53rd minute, just eight minutes into half number two. El Paso took two minutes to retake the lead. It was 2-1 at that point. Indy 11 Two straight goals. All of a sudden, they're ahead 3-2 to two in the 79th minute in that contest out in El Paso. Let's talk some live baseball. Diamondbacks ahead of the Padres, 8-1, to one, top of the eighth. Orioles and A's tied at two at the top of the ninth. This is a great one. The leadoff man just got on for Baltimore, though. He is on first base. Rays blowing out the Angels, trying to avenge their 7-6 loss in the first game of this doubleheader, winning 15-1 to one right now. In L.A., bottom of the seventh. Dodgers trying to sweep the Marlins on the day. Game two of that doubleheader. 3-1 to 
L.A. lead to the top of the ninth. But the Marlins, they have two guys on. Let's look at some final scores for this afternoon. The Cubs beat the Royals 6-4 to at home. The Blue Jays take down the Reds 4-3 to at Great American Ballpark. Tigers 4-3 over the Guardians. Mets win big over the Cardinals in St. Louis 13-2. to And that White Sox-Rockies game just went final. Colorado wins at home 11-5 to over Chicago. Red Sox 8-1 winners over the Yankees. Dodgers win 3-1 over the Marlins. I'll give you some more scores here in 15 minutes. For Network Indiana Sports, my name is Nathaniel Finch. Welcome back, everyone. Bob Lovell, this is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Friday night lights started last night. You all know, hope you were all at games. Hope you uh, had fun. Everyone was safe. It was a beautiful night to play football. We normally do this on Saturday nights. Talk to the best friend football in the state of Indiana has. That's Paul Condry, Hall of Fame broadcaster, the founder and creator of the uh, – Regional Radio Sports Network, publisher of the Indiana Football Digest, best publication of its kind in the country, and a good man. He's in the Broadcasters Hall of Fame, the Indiana Football Hall of Fame, and the Good Guy Hall of Fame. Paul, thanks for the time. It was a great night of football last night. It was, Coach, and as always. Without question, one of the highlights of my week is to be able to spend Friday nights and Saturday nights uh, talking some American tackle football with you. We've had an absolute gas over the course of the last three decades. It is an absolute privilege to be able to visit and talk about uh, the greatest team game there is. That is American tackle football. Yeah, man, it was. It was a picturesque Friday night across the Hoosier State. Mm -hmm. Weather was a non-factor. It was relatively cool temperatures for the 18th of August. And certainly, I think most of the teams, uh, we saw a wide variety of different things happen, both not only uh, last night, but as well as today. Uh, And we're Mm -hmm. not going to have any nights that are comparatively this perfect, I don't think. Uh, Historically speaking, I think uh, you couldn't ask for anything more, but it was a great way to get this party started. I was excited to see some of the things that was happening around our state, and of course, I was excited to see what was going on with the Horseshoe Classic at Lucas Oil. We had so we had some unique situations going on with uh, a lot of non-league games, which is which is right, really really right. exciting. You and I talked about it last uh, Saturday on the big show, where you know we saw the Fort Wayne teams uh, kind of getting out of their comfort zone, going out and uh, into the real world and playing some teams outside of their little uh, geographical area. And, and certainly that is probably one of the things, a great thing to talk about today. We talked about Browns, Brownsburg, Fort Wayne, Dwanger, but I think the, uh, the tail of the tape is, uh, you know, the, the Snyder win against Warren Central. That right. is one that's a great place to start because Kirk Tippmann's kids go on the road and uh, take care of business against a really tremendous football team. And that's a great way to get this thing started tonight. That got my attention last night, as we had talked about, as you mentioned before, you know, you had uh, Carmel uh, handling Homestead. They beat them 14-7. to 
Both teams really solid. Brownsburg, no problem over Dwinger, 51-7. to That's a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Fort Wayne Wayne played Attics, uh, won that one easily, 35-12. to And so, um, you know what? I think it's great. I think it's uh, I think it's great uh, that these two te- these two areas will play one another. It's great for everybody. And you have a couple of games in non-conference play. Why not play really some teams that are, are, are tremendously talented and find out what's uh, going on with your group? I don't think there's anything uh, more prevalent in the in the improvement of your football team. I don't care what sport it is. We, we can use basketball, baseball. When you play great competition, uh, one of two mm-hmm. things are going to happen. You're going to find out what your kids are made of, and those great opponents are gonna, going to expose your weaknesses and deficiencies. And I think that's exactly what's happened. We saw last year with Valparaiso. Valparaiso got their clock cleaned by Penn in the regular season season as well as a couple of regular season losses. So what did they do? Right. They were able to knock off number one, number two, and they uh, went off and won the uh, the 5A state championship. The reason they won the state championship is because they got their clock cleaned by some uh, two or three really good football teams during the regular season. I think uh, the way our the way it is in Indiana where uh, the regular season it means it means a lot. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But it's not the end all. But what, what people are going to remember when it's all said and done is what's happening on Thanksgiving weekend. Are you there in Lucas Oil Stadium playing for a state championship? And I think what the Summit Athletic Conference has right. done, and I, I just I applaud them for finally getting out of their comfort zone and going on the road to see some of these teams. We saw Carroll getting beat. We saw, saw you know, you mentioned Homestead getting beat. But I think this is when it's all said and done in these first couple weeks weeks of the way this is set up now because they have their A division and their B division. This is going to be a really, really good thing for the Fort Wayne area schools that they're going to be able to play in this situation. But I'm excited about our teams going uh, toe-to-toe across the Hoosier State as well as into the OH. We saw Ben Davis going on the road and knocking off uh, Cincinnati Moeller. We saw today, the Saturday, that you know Center Grove going toe-to-toe with uh, St. Ed's, one of the greatest football uh, high, high school programs in the United States of America, and you just kind of hanging tough. I mean, when you when you look at the St. Ed's football team, you have three Division One offensive linemen uh, matched up against that center group. You don't tell me that that is going to expose some things for Eric Moore's football team. Right. Eric Moore's football team, despite the fact that they lost 27-10 to 10 today, is better off by going on the road and playing a great opponent like that than if they would have stayed in state and beat somebody by 53 to nothing. You can't tell me for the life of me that those kind of uh, competitive situations are going to make your team better. And I think we saw that last night. We saw it with Snyder. We saw it with Ben Davis going on the road against Mueller. And I think we're going to see those kind of things. That is just imperative. Nobody uh, is going to get better by beating somebody 79 to nothing in the, the opening round game. And so kudos to them and kudos to the schools like East Central and Lawrenceburg matching up, you know, for the last five or six years to be able to play a great first round game. Mm-hmm. And so I just, and Penn and Valparaiso, the game that I did 
last night, Coach. I just think that's exciting about what high school football is all about. Well, you know what? Again, we're we're first first uh, week. Uh, we always talk about improvement between that first and second week, uh, and and there's you know coming up some more games, other opportunities to be outside of your conference. What strikes your eye about week number two, Paul? Well, I, th- I think about uh, some things that happened last night. I'm going to go way up in northwest Indiana. Bishop Knoll Institute okay. was able to pick up a big win uh, last night against South Bend Clay. The reason, you know, the people are thinking, well, what's so big about that game? Well, for Bishop Knoll, it ended a 16-game losing streak. And for a first-year head coach, Tyler Milby, that was a great win. Clay has now lost 29 mm-hmm. straight football games. But it's really interesting when you go back and you look at the way the conferences, uh, how, the, how they fared against uh, other opponents because uh, in, in, this is traditionally a non-league start and uh, I think that's going to set the stage. A really great performance by the Northern Lakes right. Conference against non-league foes in the first night of football. But I think some top games that we'll be uh, we're looking forward to seeing. We have the Battle of Columbus next week. We've got Modern Day matched up against Caskill. The mm-hmm. game that I'm excited the most about, Coach, because it's the game that is going to be on Regional Radio Sports Network. It's going to be the Hobart Brickies matched up against the Marable Pirates. My my <laughs> junior and senior year, we mm-hmm. lost one football game in two years. Both of those games were to Marable. It's mm-hmm. one of the greatest rivalries. Um, right. Marable, of course, now a member of the Doonlin. Hobart, uh, of course, has left the Doonlin but still has a great tradition. We've got Snyder at East Noble. Cathedral will be at Brownsburg. What a great football game that's going to be. And, wow. and, and we right. do Ron Colley at Franklin Central. Lafayette Central will be at Garen Catholic. And this is the game that I'm um, – this will be second on my list that must see. Mishawaka, Penn, Corey Yeoman, the head football coach at Penn, mm. going for a win number 200 mm-hmm. on Friday night. Think about wow. this, Coach. Right. How many coaches have won 200 wins at School A and also won his uh, predecessor won 200-plus wins at Coach A? Not a lot of coaches. Chris Giesman and Corey no, Yeoman not, are going right. to combine for about 550-some-odd wins when it's all said and done. Wow. And that's something that we'll, we, we, we could see happen in live and living color on Friday. He's Paul Condry. He's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Regional Radio Sports Network and the Indiana Football Digest. Paul, thanks. As always, have a great week. Thanks, Coach. Great to be with you tonight. Thanks. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Have a great night. All right, God bless, buddy. Paul Condry, talking high school football. We'll come back, talk some more ball after the scoreboard update with Nathaniel Finch on Indiana Sports Talk. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. Let's start with the Cubs. Winners at home 6-4 to four over the Kansas City Royals. Justin Steele continuing to make his case for the NL Cy Young Award. Six innings pitched. 
Only allowed six hits. He allowed two earned runs, but seven strikeouts. And here's a couple numbers for you. His 14th win, tied for the most in baseball. His 10-2 and record at Wrigley. That's very impressive. And then finally, a 2.08 ERA. 2.80 ERA is second in the NL, third in the entire league. He played pretty well. So did Cody Bellinger. Two for three today. Two home runs, four RBIs, and the Cubs win 6-4 to four at home. Reds also at home. They fall 4-3 to three to the Toronto Blue Jays. A bright spot though for this squad. There's a couple of them here for you. Let's start with Ellie De La Cruz. He was 2-4 for four today. And how about this? An inside the park home run. There is no one at third base. Well hit. Deep right center. Off the base of the wall. McLean shoots through second. De La Cruz up to second. Furious win to Lazard. McLean to the Blue Jays end up winning that one, though, 4-3 to three, despite a late surge by the Reds. Also saw the uh, call-up of Noelvi Marte, the rookie for the Reds. We'll see if he can make an impact later into the season. Tigers beat the Guardians 4-3 to three in Cleveland. Mets blow out the Cards 13-2 in St. Louis. Rockies 11-5 winners over the White Sox at Coors Field. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Nathaniel Finch. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football. Pretty Boilermakers will begin their season on the 2nd of September against Fresno State up at uh, Ross Age Stadium with me to talk about all things Boilermaker. The man himself, the uh, blackandgold.com's Alan Karpik. Hello, Alan. Uh, hey, Bob. Uh, great to have be on again on a late Saturday night, but uh, good yeah, to be on, and we're yeah. looking forward to just two weeks, the opening day. By two weeks from Oof. tonight, we'll know that result of that Purdue Fresno State game. A lot of people are interested in what the Boilermakers are going to bring to the bring to the fore that uh, Saturday at noon. Well, the uh, cliche guy in me says that's why they play him, but uh, the supposed journalist says uh, question marks. So I'm curious about the progress of Hudson Card, the much ballyhooed quarterback prospect that they have. What are the early reports like? I think everything's been really positive. And, you know, we're not getting a ton of access. I think Ryan Rodgers in his first year uh, is learning how to be a 21st century coach. And, <laughs> and uh, we're seeing about six or seven periods, but uh, everything, every report on Hudson has been good. Um, you know, there's a lot on his shoulders. When you come to Purdue, yeah. even from a transfer portal situation, you're uh, expected to do well and Purdue needs him to do well. The offense uh, will have to be, it, you know, it's so hard to know because there's so many new players, but I think the offense may, uh, you know, with Graham Harrell's uh, air raid type offense, they hope they can put up some points early on and get that, develop that consistency early. That's always a question mark, as you know, as you get into that first few games of how, how teams uh, gel as a football uh, or as, a, as an offense right. early on. Sometimes that defense is ahead of the offense. We'll see a couple weeks from now. So, for those of us who are older, is this uh, Joe Tiller 2.0? Uh, is that the expectation we have? Somewhat similar. I think Purdue will be uh, – there are some similarities. I think it, you could build a case even before the days of Mike Leach 
And, of course, Graham Harrell, a protege, and played for Mike at, right. at uh, Texas Tech and then his coach at West Virginia and other places as well. But, yeah, I think he could, uh, he could build a little bit of a case that the Joe Tiller uh, stamp is on a little bit of this because it is an offense that isn't necessarily a downfield a striking deal produced, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Purdue's inability to have a Charlie Jones type, Rondale Moore type receiver in the fold, but they need guys that can be consistent and can, and can dink and dunk their ways way down the field. So I think you're going to see a little bit of that. Purdue also really has an excellent tight end in Garrett Miller. You have to expect that he's going to play a big role in this coming off a knee injury from last year. Right. Uh, he's a guy that can really make a big difference for Purdue in that offense as well. And then, of course, the running back, Devin Mockaby, too, uh, not only in the passing game, but in the running game, had almost 1,000 yards as a walk-on freshman. That's pretty darn impressive. I think people will be excited about it. I mean, I, what little I know about college football, when you talk about Mike Leach and the air raid and all that, well understand it. Uh, and I'm a guy who spent you know my college days uh, at Franklin College with the um, Hall of Fame coach Red Fought, who was a proponent of the run and shoot. So I, I like how you spread people out uh, and, and, and play pitch and catch, as he used to say. That was that was the name of the game, and that's fun to watch. It is, and I think you know Purdue has been so used to that under Jeff Brom, yeah, uh, and Joe Tiller. I think you still have to have, even though Ryan Walters comes into West Lafayette with that defensive pedigree, with a guy that that is known, uh, you know, really set the really in the college football world after what he did at Illinois and what he did at Missouri. Um, I think that that's uh, an interesting storyline. That's what kind of makes this all fascinating is, you know, Purdue has never really been known. It's had good defenses under Brock Spack back in the day, uh, going back to Jim Young and Jack Molenkoff, they did, but it's not been a typical calling card for the Boilermaker program. So that's what's going to make this interesting is what will that blend look like and what will Purdue really try to be? What will its Mm -hmm. identity be in 2023? Uh, because you have a lot of new players, you have a defensive-minded coach, but you have an offense and a reputation wearing that golden-black uniform of throwing the football and scoring points. And in college football, if you can't score, I don't care how good your defense is, you better (laughs) score some points anymore. You know, I like the fact that you have a brand-new quarterback who we think can play, but the running back position is one where you can't help but be excited about Maccabi and his teammates. This this is a, a group of people that have the capabilities, I think, offensively. Now, clearly, some, some things have to be done on the defensive side, but I'd be excited about what this team could possibly do offensively. Well, Dylan Downing, Indianapolis area kid, is a guy that showed some promise last year. Mm-hmm. You'll expect him to get some reps uh, running the football as well. So, you know, Purdue's got two or three deep in that position. Um, and I think the one thing that Ryan Walters has talked about, too, is just kind of a philosophy defensively. You know, what are you going to try to do? Uh, to confuse offenses, and they have a way of doing that. You always think about it the other way around, and the offense does the job confusing the defense. But I think Ryan Walters and staff want to be that way. You know, there's going to be hiccups, and and this is still a football team that most people 
look at five wins, six wins would be a heck of a season for Purdue, even though the Boilermakers come off of the West Division Championship last year. When you got Aiden O'Connell, uh, you know, you're, you're replacing a quarterback with a good one in Hudson Card. Aiden O'Connell looks like he could be in the running for the starting job with the Raiders this year. So uh, this is a guy, this is a program that is used to throwing the football, used to scoring some points, but it's really going to be different this year with a, a whole new staff. And that, like you said, is part of the intrigue of what we're going to see in West Lafayette. Four out of the first five games, Bob, are in, in ross Age Stadium. Three in a row mm-hmm. at night. Uh, never happened before in the history of wow. football. So that's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to know a lot by the time the calendar turns to October 1st just how good and how capable at least his first edition of Ryan Walder's team will be. You always worry in a situation like this, at least I do, and I think it's one of the problems that's plagued Purdue and, and, and IU and others. Uh, when you're not uh, Ohio State and Michigan, here's the problem you have, and that's quality depth at every spot, and it's hard to do. I have no doubt they have some tremendously talented, skilled players, but do they have enough of them to weather some of the eventual injuries they're going to have? You know, that's a great question. And certainly a quarterback, that becomes the, 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 the $64,000 question. Sure. Purdue hasn't been in a situation, you know, you have to go back to, I think it's 2017, I want to say. It's been a long time since you've had a quarterback play an entire season. It might have been 16, actually. But it's been a while. And it hasn't happened really all that many times in the last uh, 15 years. And I think that that's, a key question of where Purdue is going to be, who will be that backup, uh, is going to be a storyline as well because this is a you know you, you've got you've got quarterbacks and and, and Hudson Card is a kind of a Drew Brees like now is he from Austin Texas, but kind of that type of style uh, that mm-hmm. type of st- size also, and uh, yeah Bennett you know Bennett Meredith a backup quarterback had a little brush up with the law here the last forty eight hours. Uh, he did practice today, uh, transferred from Arizona State. So you've got to have uh, somebody uh, ready to go. And uh, that's going to be a real question. Uh, even Ryan Brown, third-string quarterback, too, uh, could give you in a, be in a situation that you don't want to call on a true freshman. So you better hope that Hudson Card stays healthy. You better hope that uh, Bennett Meredith gets everything worked out so he's ready to play and keeps his focus where it needs to be. And uh, you better hope that uh, the wind's blowing in the right direction if you're Purdue offensively, because you're right, Purdue does not have that deep, that that quality depth in a lot of positions. Certainly, the offensive line also a lot of talk uh, about that because that's always a position that Purdue's got to really build build strength. So, a lot of questions, but that's why they, as you said, that's why they play the game. That's why it's going to be a lot of fun here in the month of September in Purdue football. Alan Karpik from goldenblack.com. Alan, it's great to talk to you. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for having me on, my friend. Have a great rest of the evening. Take care. Thank you. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports, and boy, do I have some scores to report. It's a final scoreboard update here on Indiana Sports Talk. Let's start with the Cubs winner 6-4 to four at home against the Royals. Reds hosted the Blue Jays, fell 4-3 to three at Great American Ballpark. Guardians and the Tigers played in Cleveland, and it was Detroit who got the 4-3 to three win over Cleveland. The Mets defeat the Cards 13-2 in St. Louis. Rockies 11-5 winners at home over the White Sox. Dodgers 3-1 to one winners twice today. 
both games of the doubleheader in L.A. over the Marlins. Red Sox win 8-1 over the Yankees. Brewers 6-1 in Texas against the Rangers. Phillies put up 12 unanswered, win 12-3 against the Nationals. The Pirates 7-4 winners over the Twins. Mariners 10-3 winners over the Astros. That one in Houston. Julio Rodriguez continues to be the hottest player in baseball. Braves 6-5. They win over the Giants. Diamondbacks against the Padres. The first game they won 6-4. Second game currently bottom of the ninth. D-backs up 8-1. They're trying to sweep the day. Angels win 7-6 over the Rays. I'd say Tampa Bay was pretty upset about that one. They're winning 17-4 in game two of the doubleheader. Bottom of the eighth. Orioles and A's and extras. The O's currently put up five runs in extras. They're winning seven to two in the bottom of the tenth. That one just started the second or the bottom frame of that extra inning. Indians winners five to four over St. Paul. West Michigan winners four to three over the South Bend Cubs. Fort Wayne they lose seven to one at home against Dayton. The Colts win twenty four to seventeen against the Bears. And the Indy Eleven winners three to two at El Paso. For Network Indiana Sports, one final time. I'm Nathaniel Finch. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Brendan King joins me, the voice of the South Bend Cubs. I apologize for last night. Let me publicly say that. We had you call back, then we had you call back, then we said, eh, no thanks. You're a good man. I appreciate that. Not a great night for my Cubs tonight, though, but I'll I'll turn it over to you, Brendan. Yeah, hey, Coach. No need to apologize. I know how the show works, especially on the first Friday night of football season. So it's all good. I love you, and uh, it's good to be back on. Yeah, as you said, tough night. Um, I, you know, first of all, West Michigan walked us off for the second time this series. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, wow. the Whitecaps, they, they remind me, Coach, a lot of what we were last year in that championship season right. because – they are really good at finding ways to win. Um, they got some talent. They've got some recent draft picks. So do we. But, uh, for, you know, for whatever reason, you know, when you are confident in a baseball locker room, uh, that does mm-hmm. a lot. And we've seen that in South Bend a bunch over the last three years, right? I mean, went in two championships. So, yeah, I mean, it, this series has kind of just felt like when we have been able to put some energy on the board, uh, West Michigan has answered right back. And, yeah, that was tonight where, uh, you know, South Bend was up both in the bottom of the ninth and bottom of the tenth innings. But uh, West Michigan had an answer for both, and they end up walking off the game. So, Coach, you know it as a former player and coach that when yeah. you have some yeah. juice and momentum on your side and you believe in yourself, uh, you can go win a game, and that's what happened tonight. But still, walk off, yikes. <laughs> those those hurt. It, we don't want to lose. Nobody likes to lose, but you you don't like to see it, especially your poor pitcher who who throws the ball. Uh, and we 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 understand just because they hit a home run didn't mean you made a bad pitch. You might have made a made a good pitch, and you know sometimes it works against you. But still, that stings when they get that situation on you. No, absolutely. And, you know, what will probably not be remembered in the box score is that South Bend pitching struck out 13 tonight, Coach. So, uh, wow. Luis Devers was wow. really Yeah, Luis. Yeah. I mean, Luis Devers was really good. He started the game, struck out seven. Uh, Jozano Kendo, new addition to our roster, three scoreless innings out of the pen. He was solid. And, you know, feel bad for Sheldon Reed. He came in in the eighth through a scoreless eighth inning uh, in the ninth. West Michigan tied it to force extras, and uh, and then in the tenth, of course, they walk it off. So yeah, I mean, 
it's going to get lost in the box score that South Bend struck out 13 batters tonight. But again, you know, that's ball, right? I mean, uh, West Michigan just found a way. And how many games are won on the baseball diamond where you just find a way to do it? And that's what the Whitecaps did tonight for sure. Brendan King with me. Um, we're running out of time, brother, aren't we? We're, we're running out of games. Uh, you take yeah. a look at the calendar. Look where we are. No, it's crunch time, Coach. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, it's going to take a really, really strong effort. I think that's the best way to say it over the next 20 games. Because right. tomorrow's the series finale here in, in West Michigan in Grand Rapids. Uh, and then we're going to start a six-game series starting on Tuesday against the division-leading Cedar Rapids team. And uh, mm-hmm. then we go to Fort Wayne. So those are two hmm. difficult series. Cedar Rapids is in first place. Fort Wayne's a tough place to play. And, you know, it's going to take all hands on deck. Now, the good news is that mathematically, we're still in it. I mean, it's going to go down to the wire. Um, but, Coach, there's no room for – any more walk-off losses when you lead in the ninth or tenth inning you got to put away a w and that's especially the case when there are 20 or less games to go you got time to hang on do one more segment you know i do i know know you do i know i know you do well i appreciate that brendan king and i'll come back and spend some more time talking about ball uh, maybe even let him talk about his Notre Dame Irish because that's come two weeks now. You got your Irish in action, so you, I know yeah. you're getting excited about it. <laughs> All right, we'll come back right. with Brendan King in just a second on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, Brendan King with us, voice of the South Bend Cubs. You talked about it. You're running out of, out of time. You're in uh, you're in playoff mode already, quite frankly, are you? Not mentally, because you're literally, you, you need to win these games. So it's kind of a win, win and you're, you, you advance and lose, and you could find yourself on the outside. And it's not pressure that uh, is not – they're not unfamiliar with this type of situation, but it is still a tough one to be in. 100% coach. I mean, you do the math. We're six games back with about 20 to go. So – uh, mathematically, we're in it, but from a emotional and from a, a momentum standpoint, Coach, we talked about it last segment. You just can't afford to lose games that you're leading either in the bottom of the ninth or that you're right. leading in extras, right? And, you know, it's, Coach, you say this all the time, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. It is not easy to win, but when you are no. up late no. in the game, when you are up late in the game of baseball, you just got to find a way. So, you know, that's where we are. But I'll tell you what, a lot of talent on this team. Uh, we currently have seven top 30 prospects in the Cubs organization, including their first-round pick this year. His name is Matt Shaw out of Maryland. He was the 13th overall pick this year, last year's Cape Cod League MVP. And uh, he's been 
spectacular. He's batting 413 games, Coach, looking everything like a first-round fixture. Yeah, he's really good. Yikes. That is good. All right, so uh, you're home. When, when are you home? When do they come back? Yeah, series finale tomorrow in Grand Rapids, and then come back on Tuesday for six games against first-place Cedar Rapids. So big series next week, and got to have some Ws. Your Irish, uh, Notre Dame, are going to be heading to Dublin, Ireland soon yeah. to open up this football season. Yeah, this coming Saturday. Can't wait. Uh, I know the uh, I know the King household is going to have that one on tap from Dublin, and uh, it's interesting, Coach, that uh, you drive around South Bend and you know you get ready for ball games, but you definitely notice that the city is getting. Except for all kinds of folks coming in for football season, I mean the right. gates are going to be right. back. Camp. I was actually uh, nope. I was. Wa- I always do a little walk through campus on uh, on our off days every Monday, and uh, just go to go to the grotto, say some prayers, and you know just enjoy campus. Uh, they they are ready to roll for all kinds of tailgaters and everything. So after <laughs> Dublin, they're going to come back and play Tennessee State, and uh, of course that Ohio State game, coach looming on September twenty third. So. Can't wait. It's uh, That's going to be a barn burner in South Bend. He's Brendan King. He's tremendously talented, and we're glad he takes time to join us on the show. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week, Brendan. Thanks, Coach. Love you. Thanks. Thank, love you, too. Thank you very much. What a night. What a fun night. Now, don't forget, join us on Friday night, week number two of the high school football season. My thanks, as always. To Kai Talley, Jack Johnston, and Nathaniel Finch. Great job as always. Thanks to our great stations around the state that bring you the show every Friday and Saturday night. And thanks to all of you for 30 years. You've made us the most listened to sports talk show in the state's history. It is the history-making legendary network, Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.